This is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution, the podcast for podcasters. Stories told by everyday people as well as longtime professionals. Join a member of the APS team as they discuss the crazy world of podcasting. The only catch? We only speak to fellow podcasters. We will bring you the origin stories, the greatest hits, learning experiences, and the future goals of podcasts of all shapes and sizes. If you are listening to this, hopefully it will inspire you to start your own podcast, or it will inspire you to keep going and give you ideas on how to make your podcast better. If you have a podcast and want to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com for more details. Welcome Welcome to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. Now let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Will Tarashuk, a.k.a. the returning champion on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Today, I am speaking with Anna Charles, who is the host of the 90 Days Later podcast. Anna helps people stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. The key word there is over drinking, not drinking period, over drinking. So that piqued my interests. You know, alcoholism runs in my family as well as a lot of families in the United States. But Anna, where are you joining us from today? Are you from, are you from London, UK? Where, where are you from? That's right. Well, I'm calling in from London, the United Kingdom. In the All middle right. of the afternoon. So, um, this is just a general, first off, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you here. Uh, just tell everyone, you know, who you are, what you do, and what brings you here today. Okay, so as, as you know, I'm Anna, and I coach women who want to stop over drinking. And really, I'm serving sort of not the alcoholic market. And this really comes from my story. So for years and years and years, I was I was a corporate exec, I worked in fortune 500 companies, sort of surreal, you go to all these events with customers and resellers, and there's alcohol everywhere. And there's kind of this culture, you pick up a glass, and you, you know, you just sort of do your business, you stay in the bar. And I realized after a while that I really wasn't enjoying it. And it wasn't that I was an alcoholic. I was really high performing, got a family, you know, great job. I wasn't missing work or anything. But it got to the point where I would, at six o'clock, would come at home and I'd sort of run to the fridge on automatic pilot, pour a glass of wine. And think, what earth am I doing? What am I doing here? And it sort of, it got to the point where I thought, I just am not enjoying this and it's hard. I just wanted to find a way to drink less. I'm didn't want to have to say, look, I'm an alcoholic because I knew I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I sort of did some research and figured out how to uh, fix this, I would say, for myself. And then I decided, look, I know there must be lots and lots of others out there. And this is kind of, they're called the gray drinkers. You know, these are the people who aren't in the alcoholic category, but really are kind of feeling a little out of control. Anyway, so I decided I want to quit the corporate thing and I'm going to go full bore into this and that's what I now do and I thought you know a podcast would be a great way to talk about it in fact so it it definitely is it definitely is you keep them short sweet and to the point um just monologues is telling is telling pretty much what you do what and, and how you got to where you are which is a great idea like if you're gonna do something like this a podcast is a perfect avenue uh, which we are going to get to, but I do want to kind of touch upon just mm. drinking in general. Now, mm. I also do not consider myself an alcoholic. Um, never was. Like, I enjoy a drink. Um, I never get nowadays out of control. Um, 
But there was a time in college where I felt like it's not that I was drinking too much, but I didn't like the person I was when I was over drinking. Got to the point where my friends had to go, Will, like you need to like simmer down a little bit because you're yeah. just too you're too loud, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it like this whole podcast, this whole kind of program kind of speaks to me. It's like, oh, I did this. I did this. So like I severely cut back. I now have like a personal program of myself where it's just like, I never drink alone. I don't do any drugs yeah. alone. Like I don't, yeah. even, I don't smoke weed alone. I don't yeah. drink alone. Yeah. And you know, that's the only drugs I really do. Um, so like I last, last Saturday, me and my friend are watching T like watching wrestling and we got a 30 rack for the pay-per-view. There's still seven beers in my fridge that are like f- almost 14 days yeah. old that just haven't been touched because <laughs> yeah. I live alone. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I find that very interesting. Now, why, why do you think people have an issue with drinking to begin with? Well, I, I think it's because we, you know, we, we go out there and it becomes, it really just becomes a habit, actually. I don't think we, we realize we sort of, we're in these, um, these areas because you can have a drink, I'll have a drink, have a drink. And the thing about alcohol is it's really um, designed to make us feel good. And mm-hmm. as humans, we want to feel good. I mean, that's what that's what we all want, whether that is connection, whether it's to feel confident, whether it's to, you know, feel like you're one of the gang. I mean, there's there's lots and lots and lots of reasons. And alcohol enables that because it brings down, it sort of takes us out of ourselves a little bit and makes us feel good. And we like that we're, we're pack animals, humans, right? Mm-hmm. We like to be one of, we like to be one of the crowd because on the flip side. So if you look at the, the fear, a lot of people have when they come to me about, and I've been through this so many times when you say no to a drink, how ostracized you feel. It really shows that in, in very clear, this alcohol is the only thing that you can do is when you say no, People say, why? You know, you're not you're not an alcoholic, are you? So I think a lot of people carry on drinking because they don't want to be the one who's nursing, you know, the cranberry juice in the corner. I, I think she's got a problem, but she, you know, she doesn't want to tell us. And so I think we we carry on because we just want to feel part of that. And then there comes a point when we think, for heaven's sake, you know, this really isn't fun anymore. And I'm not yeah. even having fun, even though this is what I have taught myself and what society frankly will tells us this is how you have fun right so it it was all part i think that's why people start and that's why they carry on because think about it you weren't we weren't born any of us uh wanting to drink i mean certainly when i was seven eight nine ten i mean i didn't you know of course you don't drink when you're younger and it took me years actually to get to even like the stuff Mm -hmm. and you know and, and then you sort of get into this flow where you it's just habits like cleaning your teeth six o'clock comes and the white wine is there you know even people, if i don't really do want love it. having their glass of wine with dinner don't get me wrong when i'm out at a restaurant like a nice a nice steakhouse i do get my glass of red wine of course yeah. and i yeah. i enjoy my time at the bar or in london as they say the pub um i i i enjoy going to bar i only drink beer really i this i love beer I'm one of those yeah. guys uh, yeah, yeah. Which is your, do, you, do you like the bitter that we have over here the warm stuff I've actually never had the warm beer. <laughs> so that's that sounds intriguing. It sounds very intriguing. You know, one day I'm going to get over there and I'm going to make sure I go and try the warm beer and tell them Anna Charles sent me. <laughs> um, but now you say your program is not for alcoholics. 
That's it's, right. It's for people who are drinking to avoid withdrawal symptoms or believe you are addicted. So that's interesting to me because I feel like, you know, if you're putting this out there, yeah. right, a lot of alcoholics, that's like, that's kind of your audience. And when, when they reach out to you, how do you deal with alcoholics then? So alcoholics, I would actually really, what I say is that if alcoholics want to look at any of the free content I put out there, certainly I'm sure they can, the podcast can be of help to them. Absolutely. But I'm not a doctor. I'm very conscious. Mm. I'm not a doctor. And I don't want to get into the realms of saying, well, you know, this is what you should do. Because if you are drinking to really avoid withdrawal, then that's, that's a whole other ball game. And I'm the first to say, you know, I'm just not qualified um, to deal with that. So I would say, by all means, use my content, you know, you masterclasses and things. Absolutely. And if something resonates, that's brilliant. Um, but I really don't want to get into the point where I'm where somebody, you know, I, I feel that they would be relying on me to help them. And I'm just not qualified, because that is that is a total kettle of fish. I'm on about people like who I was, who just, just finds that they just get sick and tired of drinking when they they really just don't want to um so that that's that's really very much my audience well no that makes sense you know if you're not qualified to help people probably shouldn't help them (laughs) i think it's it sounds as easy as it is but there's a lot of people out there like no i'll help you regardless but do you think because that this that's that's a big part of your business do you think you would want to eventually reach out and get those qualifications so you can one help those people but also put some more money in your pocket you know what? It's absolutely something I've thought about. It's sort of on my my longer term roadmap. But I I think actually if I can catch and help the people, because you know there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are in this, as I said, this gray category where they haven't strayed into the alcoholism. If I mm-hmm. can catch people there, and help them without, because see, here's the thing: when you're in this category you aren't publicly telling anybody I've got a problem or, you know, and, and it's so it becomes right. this very, very silent struggle as well, because you don't even want to tell your, you don't even want to tell your family sometimes that mm-hmm. I, you know, I think this is getting a little bit too much to me. So if I can help people there, because this is really about service, right? This is really about helping. If I can help people there, then that avoids them moving into that other category. And, you know, that's a huge win for me and that's a huge win for them. So that's that's really, you know, and there's, there's, there's AA, there's lots of lots of solutions out there for people who really are in the, the alcoholic category. And again, I don't have firsthand knowledge of that. And I think that that's why I love my program that it's it's all about it comes from firsthand experience and i think you can then infuse that with you know yourself when you've right. when you've lived through something you're doing this stuff with podcasts it it really i think makes the difference rather than just you know what you've heard but yeah maybe in the future i will train up in that but i've got enough going on right now to not need that well let's let's talk about aa let's talk about aa a little bit because um aa is interesting to me i've never been to aa never been to an aa meeting um, I think I know a few people who have, but you know, their whole philosophy is, you know, a 12 step program and you can, yeah. you can never drink. You just, yeah. the goal is do not touch the bottle ever. You cannot do yeah. it. You are weak. Like, and like yeah. for some people that's, tr- I think that's true, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think also there could be a better way. Like the idea of just completely cut this out of your life. It's toxic. Like it, there has to be a way to almost like live with it yeah. as opposed to, cause it's so hard to live without it. There has to be a way to teach people how to drink responsibly. Like literally it says in all the ads. So what are your thoughts on AA and I guess the messaging 
behind AA because I'm also not an expert. And I've also never been through the program. So I don't necessarily understand fully, but it's from outside looking in. It seems like, yeah, this is a good this is a good program, but it seems like you're kind of going a little too hard in the paint. You make a well, basketball again, reference. Yeah. Yeah, you know, again, for people, and it works for many people, and I'm not going to diss that at all. If it works for you, then that's great. But the, the big problem I have with it is that it sort of puts alcohol in the driving seat, right? Because right. you have exactly. to say, I have no control. So the minute it's, it comes into my body, I'm just going to go wild and I'm going to drink 10 bottles of whiskey. And, you know, you won't, my family won't see me for days. And the thing that I have, what I'm all about is knowing that you are in control, you know, because the, the alcohol is just, if you look at it like this, well, it's just liquid. Mm -hmm. It's just liquid in a bottle. I mean, that's really all it is, right? And we're, it's, 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 not, it's not living and breathing. It's just liquid in a bottle and it's been fermented or whatever, but that's what it is. It's got different taste. It requires us to pick it up. I mean, there's many steps. It's actually easier to not drink than to drink. You know, you've got to pick up the bottle. You have to pour it in. You have to yeah. put it in your mouth. Yeah. You have to put it in. And so I think this whole concept of that having control is something that doesn't jive with me because I get into more how we feel about it and what we're thinking about that and how it makes us feel. And what is it disguising, right? So a lot of people, I say, in the corporate world, they drink to feel confident, because they go into these big meetings and, you know, they, they, they don't feel confident. So that's, that's why they're drinking. So I dig into that rather than saying the alcohol has all the power. No, you have all the power, mm -hmm. right? It's all up to what, what, what you do with it. And so that's, I guess, my big thing with AA. And also I don't like the idea of having to say, you know, I'm, I'm totally helpless and you know, I'm going to have this forever. I, if people want to drink after going through, their, they can. Now, I will say it requires more work. Right. Because because alcohol really has got it really does make us feel great. It releases lots of dopamine and, you know, can make you feel really, really, really super. So it's harder to drink less. But that, you know, I started out not wanting to quit entirely. And there was this big celebration of the day. And I will say I had half a glass of wine. Perfectly fine. Didn't really enjoy it. Didn't really want it. But that's it. And it, it wasn't a big deal. And that's what I try to tell people. So don't make the booze a big deal. Right. So let's talk about your coaching program. How, how yeah. exactly does it work? Now you say 90 day program. First off, 90 days. It's a great start. 90 day yeah. program. People can, it's three months. It's yeah. just like you're in, you're out. Here's what you're going to learn. So you, you do coaching. Yeah. So how exactly does the coaching process work? So the coaching process is, so we do, I do a one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I have two sessions set up with everybody per week. And I can do more if we need it. So we'll, we'll basically step through where are they, where do they want to be, right? Because not everybody wants to quit entirely. Some people just want to drink a little less or whatever. So we figure that out. I've got some quick start tools that we start working with immediately to start rewiring what's going on. And this is all about how, what we're thinking, how we're feeling about things and the actions we take. So we go through that. And then I have a number of then worksheets and videos and other things that come in that if somebody's really struggling on, for instance, when they're, you know, when they're, when they're flying, I mean, a lot of people, when they travel, their schedules all up in the yep. air and they'll have a drink in the airport. They'll drink, you drink at weird times a day, you drink at nine in the morning because you know, you, you, you're timed. So I have some, some tools that help them with this. And we really just step through and we figure out what's happening for that person. I also do this where people need it. Really cool thing. I think where if they are in a situation, if you know, you're going to a wedding or a celebration or something, then we can agree. In fact, they can text me, they can call me. 
right? And we can be there so that if they're feeling a bit wobbly, we can chat through, well, what's going on? You know, why are you thinking this? To help them to go to, to, to go through and do this. But the real reason why this the 90-day thing, in fact, my last podcast, Will, was on why 90 days is I see it as sort of a, a series of sprints, right? We're going to work on this one thing and we're going to go full bore and really work on it. And then we're going to work on the next thing, the next thing, because... I think you need that. You need to, there needs to be some intensity with this. And the mm-hmm. more failure, frankly, the better. I like it when people fail. I like it when people give in and have a drink because then we say, so what happened? That's how you learn. Let's, yep. let's learn. That's how you learn. Right? Let's learn from that. And then do it again. Now let's learn. And then it gets to the point when you think, ah, that's what happened. That's what I did. That's what I did. And that's why you can do it within the 90 days. And it's permanent, right? Now, and I also say, if people don't feel what I would say, complete freedom around alcohol within the 90 days, I'll carry on working with them until they have, if they have, you know, shown up and done all the work, I, I you know, for no extra fee, because I'm so sure that, you know, this works. So that's how that is. So how do you tell people to deal with peer pressure? Because particularly, <laughs> particularly with men, oh. if you got the friends who isn't drinking, yeah, it's the goal of the group to get that person to drink, unless yeah. unless they're designated driver. If they're not yeah. designated driver, they're always saying, "Come yeah. on, Will, let's take some shots." This yeah. is gin. You love gin, actually, Chris. I hate gin. You know yeah. I hate gin. Give yeah. me a bud, right? It's like so. How do you how do you tell people to deal with peer pressure? So I've actually one of the things I've just written is I have 111 responses to why aren't you having a drink, and one of the things I say to people is just. Plan it so it's going to happen. So expect it to happen. You know, it's because if, if you know something's going to happen, then you're not so freaked out by it. I like people to even plan ahead. What is it you're going to say? Put yourself in that position, right? Really take yourself there. Take yourself in that bar where people are doing that to you and say, so what, you know, what will I be feeling at the time? What am I going to say? What's my response going to be? And, and to really do that. The other thing I say is look forward to the next day, right? Look to yourself. Imagine how you feel when you wake up the next morning, Will, and you didn't have that gin, right? That right. You, you're feeling, you're actually feeling really, well, you're not going to have a headache for a start. And then here's the deal. Think ahead, you know, another day. How would you feel? You think, my goodness, not only did I not have a headache, but I didn't give in. Um, it's okay. And the thing I have found is that when people, it really is a shock. Peer pressure was a huge, huge thing for me. Once people hear it, they don't believe you to start with, you know, and so it takes a few times. They really don't they just think it's just, you know, you're just mucking around. And then it kind of gets boring to them. It's not, it's not, it's no big deal. And you're the one who's thinking all this stuff. So it's really about being prepared, just going in and just, and saying what you say, and then that's it. Mm. And so that's, that's how I did it. And, and why do you work particularly with, with, with women? Um, because men out there have a big drinking problem as well. And that's just, again, it's like you're cutting off half your market. Well, you know, and I won't, I won't turn men away. I've mm. had a couple of men interested in what, I mean, I'm not going to, but you know, this is to do with how you position versus, you know, who you end up with. I really, as I said just now, alcoholics for medical reasons, no, but if, if men come, of course I would, but right. the positioning here is really to women because again, I was looking at from the corp and I did all this research on this. I mean, the stats are clear. Executive corporate women are three or four times more likely to drink over drink 
than women in the lower level clerical jobs, right? So in terms of it's that pressure, it's that stress. Yeah, yeah. And and I kind of and I get it. And there's all this hormonal stuff that goes on that's all part and parcel of it. So men out there, if you want to do this, um, you know, I will take you. But I really again, this where this came from, the whole main positioning is is definitely towards women. Do you encourage people who drink this like listen, just try other activities like hiking or drawing, video games or reading, anything like that? Well, I encourage people to not distract themselves. I think if you distract, mm. I think if you want to drink and you think, well, I'm going to go for a hike instead, that's just pushing the problem down the road because you still want the drink, right? There's, you still had that mm. thought. Tomorrow at four o'clock, whenever it was, you're still going to think, I still want that drink. Well, I'm not going to go hike again. I, I did that yesterday. Instead, so instead what I find is, is people start to figure out what is lying beneath that desire to drink is it you know what is it that they want you find that your life gets bigger and you do these other things because you want to do them not just to distract yourself it's really important to understand why you're doing what you why you're having these thoughts to do this yeah distraction is not something i i say at all i mean yeah, though because if you really want to plan ahead maybe that's one thing but certainly not not do it as a you know, to, to, to avoid, because you, you need to confront yeah. what, what is, what is, what's going on in you, why you want to do this. No, that's a good way of putting it. You don't, you just don't want to just kick an issue <laughs> down the road. That's true with anything. Um, yeah. So let's, let's move over to the podcast itself. Yeah. So you started very recently, correct? This year? Yes. Correct. I'm eight, episode, eight episodes in already. All right, eight episodes in. So what's it like starting a podcast in 2021? Well, um, so I did that. I last year I actually finished a completely tan a different unrelated thing. I finished writing a book actually, and I did an audio book. Friends, so why do you do an audio book? So I figured out how to do an audio book. So I recorded an audio book, and that was what gave me the thing. Ah, maybe I can use that same knowledge mm. to use mm-hmm. the same tools and so on into creating a podcast. So. I mean, and then I kind of got into listening to them and I listened to the ones you have. And I've now got about 10 on my phone. And yeah, it's, um, it's fun in the sense of I, I like it as a way, I think of it as a way of just talking to one person. When I do it, I always I say my monologue thing, I'm talking to a person. I always imagine a person sitting with this issue and I'm talking to them. This is not talking at them, but to them to say this is these are some of the things you know, to think about and that I've been through and yeah. So what what was the hardest part? Because for me, I started back mm-hmm. in 2015, where you know services like an anchor or even like a Podbean. I think Podbean might have been around, but like an anchor specifically yeah. didn't exist. So uh-huh. it wasn't as easy as creating an account, logging in, and boom, you have an RSS feed. No, like, yeah. I, had, I had to figure out not how to make it from scratch, but I had to figure out how to, how to create a generator and it connected to a WordPress website. And to this day, I don't know how I did it, but I, wow. but I figured it out. So what was, <laughs> what was your hardest part? What was your biggest struggle in actually starting the podcast? Uh, a, te- a, big... a technical or mental perspective? Um, probably more mental in terms of said, so technical, as I said, I did this audio book and you're absolutely right. I mean, the tools that you have today, it really is click an account. It's very naughty-ish, right? And you can, you can drag this bit of music and that, you know, yep. do it like that. So that actually wasn't too difficult, but I think just actually is the, you know, you're in this for the long haul. I mean, you've been doing this what for, for years and years. And that was the other thing thinking if I start this, Anna, you know, you've got to do this 
maybe not every week, but certainly, you, you know, you do. I know one of one of your people you had on the, the interview, they had been, they done like 100 episodes in a year or something, which, mm-hmm. you know, which is absolutely incredible. So I think that was it, just knowing that you're in this for the long haul, that as you build the readership, listenership up, you're going to have to carry on doing it. And the time, I mean, there, there is, it, it does take quite a bit of time. Yeah, that's like, so uh, I had an introductory call with someone the other day. He does like vertical farming in, in like metropolitan areas. And he said he wanted a podcast for his business. Now it's like, first off, that's a phenomenal idea. Like my brain started turning. Mm-hmm. You could do this, you could do this, you could do this, you could do yeah. this. Right? Tell you, what's your budget and how much time do you think it's going to take? He said, yeah. my budget is zero and yeah. I hope it doesn't take too long. I go, well, that's your first yeah. problem because like it's going to take a lot. A podcast is a lot of work. Anyone who's looking to do a podcast, okay, what do you want? First off, I ask, what do you want out of it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, like I want a secondary income stream, my market networking tool for my business, you know, leads funnel. It's like, yeah, all that's great. How much time do you think it's going to take? It's a lot. It's a lot. So what was, what was your expectation going in versus the reality of what you're seeing now? Well, I think I I wasn't worried about the content. I know a lot of people have a lot of anxiety about the content. And because I had decided I wasn't going to do interviews, although I'm interested in your your thoughts on, you know, the difference between sort of the monologue type thing that I do versus the interview ones. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wasn't going to, so it was kind of up to me to create it. So that was okay. But it's actually the writing it is just the beginning. I mean, really, it's just the being, and that's hard enough because then you've got the recording and then you do, and I do this all myself, you know, the editing and then there's all the posting. Well, we've got to post it here, post it here. And you can now create these video things and then these, what are they called? The audiograms. Audiograms, yeah. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it. You can make, do this, this, and this. My goodness. Okay, so I think it would be very easy to kind of go mad. So I pretty much set aside you know, three quarters of a day a week to write the thing, record it. And you know, and I would ultimately like to be able to sort of block do this where I do, a, I'm a few episodes ahead, but I just haven't got to that point yet. Yeah. So you, you write out your podcast. You, how, how, how scripted are they? Because, you know, listening to it, it doesn't sound scripted, which is an amazing feat because, you know, I, I, I have, I had a, like, I, um, in my, in my regular, like in my other job, previous jobs, we've mm-hmm. had guests on where they're reading from a script because that's what their PR team wants, which really? I, I get, I yeah. get, but in my opinion, it makes for garbage content. But if you're reading from a script and making it sound like it's not a script, that's a talent. Well, I'm not, no, it's not heavily. It's it. I've got, um, I do my, I sort of, you know, again, I had years and years of creating presentations and all this stuff in the corporate mm. world. So I create my outline and then my bullet points and then I sort of flesh bits out, but I don't script it completely. But I do, this is the weird thing, right? I do need to make sure I know where I'm going with it because otherwise mm-hmm. you get so into the words and then the technology thing, oh, what am I saying here? You know, where, where, where am I? It's, 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 it's weird. I don't know if you ever have that. It's a kind of a weird thing where you're, you're in it, but yeah, it's, um, I just want to, having the words that brings you, brings you back to it. But you know, I, I do make sure I, I get the points out because I also want to stay on topic because there's would be very easy to start on one area and then go off into 10 other things. And then that just wouldn't be helpful to anybody. Right. No, I'm glad you do bullet points. That's essentially what I do. Like I'm looking at this page right now with all my questions, a lot of bullet points, a lot of talking points, but 
isolated. So everybody, don't be afraid to go off script. Like the bullet points are there, yes, to guide mm-hmm. you, but mm-hmm. you're the host. You're in control. Yeah. So how do you ever go off script? Because even this podcast, we've gone off script a little bit. I've gone out of order a little bit. Now, how, how often do you kind of just use the bullet points to go off script and then go, oh, I'm right back in it? No, I do. I do. I do. I do. And that's okay. As long as I don't ramble, right? Because mm. there can be this, this, and I'd like these to be short and sweet. I don't like to go over about 15 minutes. And if I find I'm rambling, then that doesn't help anybody. Um, and so I'll, you know, then I'll drag myself and maybe I'll, I'll cut some stuff out there. I will edit myself, but you know, as long as I also spend a lot of time after I've written, written the thing to really just get into it and make sure I'm feeling good about it. And I know what I, you know, really what I want, what wants to come over. I mean, that's, that's so much more important than the words. And what, what are your thoughts on sort of the monologue type versus the interview? I'm really interested in that because I know a lot of people do the interviews and I haven't branched into that yet. Well, the answer is always that the P stands for personal. The P in podcast stands for personal. So really, mm. it doesn't. Mm. It really doesn't matter. Like you can mm. do whatever you think is best. Me personally, mm. it can be difficult for me to listen to solo shows because my mind drifts. Like <laughs> that's just me personally. Um, but a lot of solo shows are very, very successful, and especially for you do 15, 20 minutes. You know, there is definitely benefit and value in you doing a solo show because, you know, you are the coach. You are the mm-hmm. person people listen to. However, one question I did have for you is, would you ever think of bringing your clients on the show to talk about their, if they're comfortable, of course, to talk about their story, their struggle, and how you helped them or how you wish they, they helped you better? Because I think that is something incredibly beneficial, not only to you, to yeah. them, and to people who are thinking of using your services as well as your audience. Like it's a win-win for literally everybody. That might be a tough sell for some of your clients, but if they're up to it. it you're absolutely right. Yes, yes, yes. Would love to do it. I think that comes into confidentiality. As I say, so many mm. people come in and they really, this has taken them a lot to even say, look, I think I need to talk to somebody about this, but I'm not, you know, I, I don't need all this other stuff, but this is, this is who I am. And just to be able to, you know, because I don't like to label people at all. We don't talk about having problems. It's just something that we're working through. So yes, but it, that is, that is something I've come across, I've come up against already. So it's a case of just, I figure the more I do the podcast and it gets out there and the clients get comfortable with that, with hearing, you know, my voice out there and talking about the stuff they've been through, that that would then become a reality. Right. Um, you could also, you could yeah, also branch out to a lot of different aspects too. Like you could talk to doctors, right? People, AA, AA leaders, right? The people who are in AA or have come out of AA, you know, you have their 10 year chip, right? They, <laughs> they love telling their story because they're genuinely helping others yeah. in the same situation. Yeah. So people like that, like when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, doing the actual program. Yeah. I could tell you understand why they wouldn't want to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be on the podcast. However, you know, after the program, six months later, you go, hey, how you doing? Want to check in? Want to be my guest my podcast? I just want to see how you're doing, right? Something like that, you'd probably find more success. Or um, just keep it on alcohol. Talk to people in distilleries, right? How they make the alcohol, right? That that could be a little bit of crossing swords. Which is like, okay, you know, you're making this alcohol. Do you ever think about, like, I don't want to call it, I'm not even 
be like a loaded question, but let's think about how you're affecting people, right? Like stuff yeah, like that. Or if you're generally curious, like, you know, how wine is made, how you come up with the levels of alcohol to put in, like, and how all that works is for educational purposes. Something like that could also be fascinating. That would be useful. And there's, I don't know about it, how it is in the US, but certainly there's been an explosion in these alcohol-free drinks as well now, which you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people say that's not, not necessarily a good thing because it's kind of pretend alcohol. You still got the desire that's going in your head. But I actually disagree. I think there's some really nice stuff there's really some nice stuff out there obviously there's that the market has moved on where that's helping people as well because it is normalized and that it's actually is okay that you don't you know drink alcohol but you still want to be hanging out in the bar you know you you, that just because you don't drink doesn't mean you know because I go to bars all the time I go to restaurants all the time I mean you you know you don't sort of sit I don't sit in a cave and say you know I'm not going to go near any of it (laughs) So I would, I would, my advice to you would be uh, definitely branch out because you're doing a solo show on a very particular topic and there's only so many things you can talk about before you run yeah. out of ideas, right? Yeah. And, and with guests, with guests, just more ideas come, they keep flowing and you can keep going forever because like you just started. How yeah. long do you think you're going to keep going? How long do you want to keep going? Like, is this something you're going to do to get a time or is something, you know, after a year, I think my mission is accomplished. No, I think this is as long as I'm working in this field, I intend for this to be uh, something I do because I see it as a great way to help people for free, right? It gives people a voice who are who are in this situation where, you know, they, they don't fit into this other alcoholic category, but they want some help. And frankly, it's a marketing tool. It tells, it's a way of, of going out there and reaching people. And I kind of enjoy it actually as well. You know, it is it is a time sink, but it's fun to sit there and think you know this is to think of that's why i say when i record them i'm always thinking of someone listening always imagining my mind's eye somebody listening to them and the joy that that gives me to think that i might be helping people who are listening enough even if they don't work with me well that's fine you know give them the the impetus to say right i'm going to do something about this so yeah i have i have no end date on this at all that's good that's what i like to hear um, so why do you keep them under 20 minutes? I always, when it comes to time with podcasts, it's the same. Like someone's like, how long does my podcast be? It's, I just tell them however long it takes you to make your point across until you're happy. Maybe because, but 20 minutes or 15, 20 minutes, you know, a lot of people do that short content. I, myself, I prefer a long form. Like I go, I aim for an hour. If I hit it, if I go under an hour, I'm a little Whoa, disappointed, yeah. Yeah. but mm-hmm. like, I think the hour is a sweet spot because I consider podcasting the purest form of communication, especially in a day like today where mm. people don't know how to communicate anymore, whether it's online, on the news, et cetera, et cetera. Podcasting is just one-on-one, me and you, let's talk. So why keep them 20 minutes? I know it is it is just you. You don't want to ramble. But was that something you had going in, or is that just something that kind of came about? Yeah, it pretty much is what I had going in, because I think it also speaks to how I use podcasts. I use them a lot when I'm – I'm listening to them as I go out for a, a morning walk or right. I'm doing, you know, I, I don't have time. I don't, and, and actually if I get into an hour, I start to think, you know, this isn't, this is probably rubbish really, but I don't have time for that because I really like to listen and engage with it. And so I think if I can go to about 20 minutes, yeah, I can fit that in. I mean, I can be doing, frankly, I, I listen to podcasts when I'm doing the cleaning, right? Yep. I have my headphones in because it's such a boring thing to do. And it really takes me, out into listening so that's that was really why it was the, my personal experience but I guess if I and of course if I'm just doing these solo 
I fully expect and would anticipate that if I were getting into more into interview type things, and of course, I'm sure they would, they would run longer, you know, because then there's more voices and there's more thoughts going into it as well. But for now, yeah, it's, it's just how I, how I like to consume. And, you know, and I think if I, if I enjoy it, then that's going to come across in the content I create as well. And you do everything by yourself. Do you do all the recording, all the editing? Like you have any, uh, professional experience in any of this or is this something you literally just learned on the fly on your own so I learned it so I said I learned it from my audiobook last year I've got sons who are fairly technical so I can help ask them about microphones and things mm-hmm. but yeah pretty much do it all myself and I think that's one of the beautiful things about doing it in 2021 where there are these tools where people and, and I'm not a techie person at all I mean you ask any of my family they say Anna isn't you know the one to go to if the wi-fi goes down but um yeah, I think it's just a bit of trial and error. Again, again, my, my program, I talk about fail and learn and fail and learn. And I failed and learned and failed and learned as, as my way through it. I mean, I had a few takes, Will, before I even released anything. You know, there was yeah. lots of behind the scenes stuff, we've, as I'm we've, sure. We've all been there. We've all been there. Would you ever consider outsourcing just to kind of make your life easier? For sure. I mean, I think if if I look at the podcast, look at what I the value I bring to it, it's the content. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's it's at at the moment sort of the speaking element of it. Absolutely. There's when I when I'm busier, and when the business is bigger, there's no point me spending my time doing the editing and all the rest of it. No, right. I mean, I, I would, abs- and I'd, I'd want professionals at that point to do that. And it's, it's kind of cool that I can do it now because it means I have this reach, but I don't anticipate in a year's time doing it all myself if things go well. So talk to me about the relationship between your podcast and like your coaching. Cause so how do you, how do you balance what you do in the podcast versus what you teach in the sessions? Cause you don't want to give away too much for free on the podcast. You don't want to give away too much, um, but I do want. To, but you know, there's there's an element here. It's like one of the analogies you use is if you wanted to learn to ride a bike, well, if you never you've never ridden a bike before, right? So you can watch all these YouTube videos now on how to ride a bike. You could listen to a podcast, somebody, and you can get one of the best cyclists in the world to explain to you in detail how to do it. And then you get on a bike, and you're going to fall off, and you're going to probably and you can say, well, what you know all the they all told me all this stuff so there's a big difference here between hearing stuff and me telling you and absolutely if you employ what I say it works but taking that and really doing it for yourself that's the difference with coaching the coaching is where I am working alongside I'm really working with the person that has that has the requirement and makes it in a way that is good for them so I you know I, I see no problem with you know, put, putting stuff out there. If if people can work for, for free and never work with me and get the result they want from my material, frankly, I'm, I'm deliriously happy because it means there's more people out there who are not struggling with this. And they might then say to somebody else, hey, this is this girl, this woman called Anna, she can do this. And then maybe they then become a client. I think there's give and take in, in, in all of this. Um, yeah, it has. I think it has to be some meat in it. Otherwise, why would anybody listen to it? You know, I think. Do you advise your clients listen to the podcast as well? Yeah, I do. I think not all of them do. I think I think they do as well. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? By the way, yeah, my yeah. podcast here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's what's your audience like, and where do you see the most engagement? Um, 
So I, I think it's certainly I'm getting more and more. So obviously it's fairly small still apart from my clients because I know I'm only just started. I'm starting to get questions in from people where they're saying, you know, that's, that's, that's resonating with me. It's, it's more that it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one kind of that's that's the biggest thing right now right thank goodness uh, I, I thought that you know, I've been struggling with this so I'm getting questions and in fact what I want to do with that is I want to turn those questions into topics that sort of becomes a bit of a flywheel here right. for for future content you know I can put into a into a content calendar so it's really is it's fairly small right now because I've only only just started and that's all part of the the challenge, right, of getting out there in the sea of when when you started, there were probably only three podcasts or something. Now there's like a sea of them. Oh no, 2015, there were a lot of podcasts. Not, not, really? as, not as many as there were today, but podcasting's been around since 2005. Yeah. They've been around a long, long time. Um, guy's name always escapes me with a podfather. I forget his name. I, I can't be forgetting his name. I want to interview him too so badly. But, you know, he was the one who kind of started podcasting way back when. And RSS technology has been around since like the late 90s. So mm-hmm. they've they've been around a long time. I talked to two people who started podcasting in like 2004. So, wow. yeah, 2015, there was a good amount, but not nearly as much as they are today. But, you know, a lot of people start now and then quit very, very fast. And you've been doing eight episodes. You're still here, still going strong. So... <laughs> That's good. What 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 keeps you going? What makes you like there have to be some days where it's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. You gotta pull yourself in and be like, no, no, no. I'm I'm still doing this. Do you know what makes it fun actually is that I say to my this actually is fun, right? It's actually yeah. stepping and saying, This is fun, actually. I mean, of all the things that you could be doing today, I mean, obviously putting to one side, you know, lounging around on the beach, actually this is fun, right? You get to do something that you enjoy, you get to talk about something that makes an impact. You get to, and from the where it comes to podcasts, we're actually doing it. And I quite enjoy the 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 writing. My write, you know, done lots of writing privately for years. I enjoy the I enjoy it. So is it this or some corporate job where you're filling in reports and things? No, no, no. Actually, this is fun. I don't need anything more to to get me enthusiastic for saying this is my choice. And if I didn't want to do this, I know I could go and choose and do something else. But I don't. So, you know what I'm saying? Actually, for me, just having the freedom to be able to choose to do this is is the fun thing. Where's your idea? I I know. Go ahead. I say lots of people don't have that in their lives. I know. And, you know, so I sort of feel very, um, it's, I'm grateful for that. It's therapeutic too. Podcasting, podcasting for me is also therapy. Like it's, I, I say it's on a lot of these podcasts. Podcasting for me is very personal. It's a little selfish. But it's yeah. also for personal growth. Like, I, again, the P stands for personal. Um, so do you find that as well? Like, how much has podcasting kind of made your personal life on a personal level better for you? But, um, yeah, again, as I said, if, if, I, if I'm thinking, if I'm helping, if I'm able to reach people who need the help, that's, that's a good thing. I think once I got over the thing about hearing your voice, I mean, we all have this, right? You hear this oh, yeah. all the time again. I can't yeah. stand the sound of my voice, you know, my voice, but you know, you, you try all these different things and you know, ways of voice. And yeah, actually, well, one of the things I found was that when the best way for me, because I'm a fairly quick talker, is to just talk naturally, to, mm-hmm. to be my fairly quick, speedy pace. Because when I tried, it was originally, I was sort of slowing it down. I think, no, no, this just doesn't feel like me anymore. This is just like someone who's giving the content, but not not putting 
their you know who they are behind it so yes and of course what i'm talking about is a very personal journey as well i mean this is something that a lot of people a don't want to admit to and b wouldn't wouldn't dream of telling other people um so by that you know by virtue of that you know this isn't some business this isn't business speak or anything i mean this is really a very personal journey and something that i know others do struggle with and it's ultimately incredibly personal therefore so is the podcast more of a passion project or is it more of a business tool? Because it, it can be both, but, you know, you always lean one way or the other a little bit more. That's a really interesting one. I mean, I suppose I started it as a business tool because I thought this sounds like a good thing to do, right? Because I listen to these and, you know, it's, as I said, it's a way to consume content. Um, so it's more a business tool than a passion project. But again, if I didn't, what I'm talking about is incredibly personal, you can't help but have passion behind it, right. right? If that if that makes sense, I think yeah, it's a little bit of both. But how I came to it is not where I am now. I mean, I certainly thought I'd try it out, and I say I'm only a newbie, eight episodes. So ask me when I've got twenty five in the can. That that would feel like I would be you know really much more long in the tooth on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So what's next for you? What, is, what does your podcast look like in one year, five years, ten years? Wow, that's a great, great question. I mean, I think certainly I want to be doing a mix. I'd like to have other voices on there, but probably I would still imagine that I'd be doing these these shorter chunks. I mean, if this is working, if this works for my audience, these these tips, pick a, pick a topic and then to work on that topic. Um, certainly, I think help with the tech. I'd like to be able to do you know much more stuff with that I mean, in one or two, three years, there's going to be a hundred more ways that we can reuse this content in goodness knows what um, manner. So I'd like to do that. But I think at the end of the day, I'd still like it to be me talking to people about what they're going through and, you know, encouraging them to come forward. There's no shame behind this. This is, this is okay. And this is what you can do. And actually where you, you think that you sort of got a handle on it now, life can be so, so much better when you've got this, you stop, Stop, as I call the drinking thinking, right? right? There's all this drinking thinking. It's just a waste. It's a waste of life. Um, so if I've got to the point where I'm still doing it in two or three years and still helping people, then that would be a delight. But who knows what will what will, what will be by then in podcast technology. Well, I look forward to seeing your journey, how you evolve, and where this road leads you. But Anna, that's the last question I have for you. Before we go, before you do all your plugs, do you have any other questions for me it's a little curveball like to look in this podcast last question always goes to the guest no i think i think really as i said just yeah how i've been really interested in your opinions on how to do the podcast and you know just really your advice earlier on um sorry i'm just gabbling a bit i suppose here but just how does one mm, you can plead the fifth if you got nothing else. That's totally fine. Yeah, I've got fifth. <laughs> uh, you can plead the fifth. That's totally fine. Ladies and gentlemen, what? you can always plead the fifth when I ask you to ask a question on the spot. That is always a valuable, a, <laughs> a, a real option. That's totally okay. Anna, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Please tell everyone where they can find you, your website, your podcast, your socials, anything you want to plug. The floor is yours. Sure. So my website is 90dayslater. So it's 90dayslater.co. And my podcast is 90dayslater.co. And you can reach me on Anna at 90dayslater.co. It's all very easy. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Anna Charles from the 90 Days Later podcast. Make sure you go check her out. And while you're checking her out, make sure you check me out. The best place to find me is Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Dot com to find all of our information, all of our services over there at APS, including audio editing. We do make audiograms, uh, cr- content creation, of course, we are a podcast company. Uh, all of our podcast partnership information, you can get a page on our website, become, make your podcast, earn some passive income, as well as anything else um, we offer there. Head over to ambiguouspodcastresources.com. And head to our podcast section, find all of our podcast partners, including this podcast, The Ambiguous Podcast Solution, where all of my previous guests can be found. My other podcast, Talking with Tara Shuck, where I talk to anyone I generally find interesting who does not have a podcast. Of course, this podcast is anyone I find generally interesting. They do have a podcast. You kind of got a little bit of bit of both worlds. If you want to be a guest on this or that podcast, feel free to reach out to me at will at APSpodcast.com. That's A-P-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Dot com. And if you make me go, ooh, if I find you generally interesting, congratulations. You're on the podcast. Um, but until then, in biggestpodcastsolutions.com to learn more, to find all the info. We'll be back next time as I am Will Tarish against T.S. and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K, your returning champion, saying goodbye, good night, and keep on podcasting. Thank you for listening to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. If you want your podcast featured on the show, reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com. You can find more content from all of our APS partners over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. If you liked this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Want to find out more about our guests? Check out the description or anywhere across our social media channels for all of their links and information. Check out our YouTube channel for this and all featured podcast clips and more. This podcast was hosted, produced, and distributed by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. We'll see you next time.